0: You got the touch! Patreon episode 27 previews in a half shell. I'm your host Ryan and welcome back everyone. Yes, it has not been that long since a Patreon episode has actually come out. Um, I really wanted to get caught up on these previews episodes. Uh, I'm actually off from work tomorrow. I'm actually off for the next four days. Uh, took a couple days of vacation and I have the weekend off. So, uh, I was like, I'm going to get some more Joe stuff done. So, uh, I'm going to be working on some video uh, reviews tomorrow. Uh, I'm going to be working on the episode that uh, Eric and I uh, recorded. I'll be working on editing that and uh, putting it out there, which there, I don't think there'll be very much editing. that even needs to be done. Uh, it seemed like it was a pretty clean recording. So, um, and a lot of times that's all I'm doing is I'm just kind of cleaning it up. I'm very rarely am I taking anything out of the episode. The only time I've really taken stuff out of episodes is when someone either a has asked me to do so or B you could not hear there was some bad connection or something. I couldn't hear what they were saying. So, um, I've taken something out sometimes just for context reasons. Uh, where it's like, okay, I can't understand what they're even saying. So, uh, you know, for the listener's sake, I'm taking that out and still making it all work and s- sound smooth and everything else as far as the conversation. So, uh, I do try to save as much as I possibly can, even if it doesn't sound the best. Um, but yeah, I wanted to do another Patreon episode. It's late at night. Well, not too late. It's a little over, a little after 10. Uh, but my wife went to bed a bit early and I was like, I just released the video finally for Patreon mem- members. Uh, remember that videos are still going to be Patreon exclusive. Uh, I just want to still have something for those that have supported the Patreon side of things because I immensely am grateful for that. Uh, that video was recorded a long time ago um, and I. Uh, plan on doing a couple more recent ones to kind of show you where things are now in the process as far as my uh, setup and everything else in collection. Uh, it's still a big mess, but it's getting more and more organized as I go. Uh, and probably over the next four days, I'll be able to work even more on it. So that's about uh, everything there. Uh, you'll probably hear my dog in the background. She's moving about. She sees some moths on the door, and she wants to get at them. So we'll see what happens there as far as ruckus. I know in the last Patreon episode too, you could hear her chain jingling. It was weird when I was listening back to the episode because I would hear it and it was like so vivid and clear that I thought I had to take my earbuds out to make sure I wasn't hearing her just in the room. Uh, And no, it was just in the recording. So uh, if it weird you out, I'm sorry. Uh, I just do these episodes a lot of times uh, downstairs in the kitchen and, uh, she's just wandering around and everything else. Uh, I might do some of these episodes in the future upstairs in the guest room where I normally do my recordings because I'm going to need access to my laptop for the DC, uh, catalog. So I don't have to do that tonight. I'll go over what I'm going to be reviewing tonight, uh, with you guys, but, um, the DC connect catalog, uh, looks like they keep those available so i'll i'll be able to do some reviews to get caught up with those as well uh, as far as the previous catalogs that they had out there so um nothing to i'm not not going off on any tangents tonight as far as um uh, some of the things i talked about last time you know agenda comics stuff that's going on in the world or anything like that uh, i feel like you guys got enough of that uh the only thing I want to update you on is a couple things. One is where the Kickstarter is, uh, as far as the comic, I should say. It's not even the Kickstarter anymore, it's the comic. So, um, Right now, Joel has drawn pages 2, 3, and 4. Uh, so we already had page 1 drawn and colored and everything else. So he's drawn pages 2, 3, and 4. Those pages are now over to Ross uh, to do the coloring on. Uh, Ross has colored the pinups... Uh, both pinups, which look amazing. I mean, they are ridiculously. Uh, he did an incredible job. Like, not only did Joel do an amazing job of drawing them, which he went nuts on. Like, the, these two pinups, they're supposed to be like these future adventures in the Stealth Hammer world. And Joel just like took that and ran with it and made these amazing pieces. You guys will see it. Those that did, uh, backed it and. Are getting the comic or even getting the prints, um, you're going to be able to see like all the detail that he put into these things. And then, uh, Ross went and like spent days coloring these things. Like it, it's really, really impressive. So, um, we are actually talking about, um, uh, I have to, I have to see what I have as far as money wise. Cause I know we went over the, um, uh, the goal which is fantastic um, but I also uh, you heard me mention I think on the episode with uh, grub that I also paid the colorist a little bit more for some of the work that he was doing on the pinups and stuff so um, we're talking about possibly doing the pinup the, the prints as a larger size so originally they are supposed to be uh, I think eight and a half by 11, somewhere around like paper size. Um, And we're talking about making them 11 by 17. So they'll be like full size giant prints. Uh, Robert's able to get me connected with someone that can do them at at a good price. The tough part is the the shipping costs because it does get expensive for shipping then. So I have to kind of see where the money is. Uh, I need to find out from Kickstarter when I'm going to be getting the money. Uh, they do say it takes about two to three weeks uh, before you get the money. The first week is for them to uh, finalize the payment. Uh, you know, those that maybe didn't have payments that went through, it gives them a week to correct that. We luckily only had two people that, uh, there was about seven people that had issues with their payments, but only two of them weren't, didn't fix it in time. Um, so that you know, uh, is unfortunate, but we didn't lose a lot of money because of that, which is good. Um, so, and then I, I don't know, I guess another week to two weeks for them to do some processing when it comes to that. I don't know, but I haven't received the money yet. Thankfully, uh, Joel and Ross have been very gracious to, you know, keep working and not worried about payments. Uh, of course, if I need to, I'll, I'll pay them on my own pocket and then reimburse myself when the money comes in. But yeah, like this coming Monday is going to be three weeks. So, uh, I'm tempted to reach out to, to Kickstarter and just be like, Hey, like, what's the ETA? Because I've got creators that I want to pay for the work that they're doing for this thing, so um, I can tell you, Kickstarter is pretty slow about responding. I had sent them a message at one point, and then it was like a week before I heard something back. So I'm sure they're swamped. Customer service nowadays—I work in customer service. Customer service nowadays is like just overwhelmed with uh, with people contacting them. So just, I guess, a little. Uh, it's a little tip out there is that if you are contacting customer service <clears throat> for anything, realize that they are uh, most places are like inundated. So uh, try to have some patience when it comes to that. Uh, realize that they're doing the best they can. So a lot of places are trying to hire if they can and everything else, but they also have to do it smartly because they have to make sure that they don't overhire. hire. Uh, and then if the volume goes down, then also they got to let people go um, and nobody really wants to do that. Um, another update. From, so that's what's going on with the comic. So like things are going awesome. Um, I have a layout for the uh, behind the scenes book, and so over the next few days, I'm going to be getting the art together that's going to go into that, and then I can actually start putting the book together. So that's going to be a lot of fun. Um, and then my wife and I will start working on the bookmark and everything. So, um, so things are moving. Uh, I mean, it's it's great. Uh, and I have. A 100% uh, confidence that well not 100% confidence I have high confidence that we're going to be able to get somebody to hopefully pick this up as a miniseries or ongoing series I think the work that's going into it and the story that ideas that we have behind it will get somebody interested uh, that is looking for a good like all ages comic that they can that has some depth to it and has some char- real character to it so uh, that's what I'm hoping for at least Um, in kind of sad news tonight, um, I went for another position at work, uh, and I know I kind of clue you guys into stuff like this in the past. Uh, I went for a supervisor position. Uh, I was actually informed tonight or today that, uh, I did not get the position. Um, I don't know who got it yet. Um, I know that. Uh, I really wanted this position. I know that um, the feedback I got for it was... Hold on one moment. Okay, sorry about that. So i decided to bark at something in the darkness. I don't know. Uh, Hopefully she doesn't do it again. But yeah, so anyways, um, I don't agree with the feedback I got. Um, I don't really want to make it too public, but it was they basically told me the reason why they didn't choose me. And, um, it was interesting because the one interview that I had, uh, you know, they always ask you in an interview, like, do you have any questions for us? And I, I typically ask like about the position or where they, the department, where they see things going, just to get an idea. I usually ask like, what would you say is the, going to be the biggest concern or challenge for the person moving into that role? And then, uh, this time I did ask like, what is, since the person knew me very well, like, what is your concern with me going into this role? And the feedback I got from that, I tried to counter it and explain, you know, give examples that, uh, cause it was with somebody who I feel doesn't really know me that well. Like she knows me, but she's been so distanced from me for a long time. that I'm not the same person she knew three, four years ago. Um she doesn't have the right perception of who I am. Uh, she thinks she does, which is the problem is that she, she thinks that she knows me very well. Um, she does not, she doesn't know who I am. She doesn't understand what drives me. Um, and, uh, yeah, basically some of the feedback was that I would have difficulty. Their concern is that, that I would have a difficult time, uh, Flexing to other people's needs as a supervisor—that I—I'm I, a subject matter expert, and I'm um, very driven uh, to, and uh, in, in very direct, and everything else. But uh, that that doesn't work for everybody. Um, the problem I have with that is I gave lots of, of examples through the interviews of how I have flexed for. To other people's needs, um, and how I've done that in the past, and how uh, that's the direction I would be going at with this position. Um, they actually—the funniest thing is when I first started with the company. That's what they hired me for. Was they hired me to do some reviews of people and to provide feedback and coaching and things like that. So I've had a whole history of being of flexing to other people's needs. Um, so. I don't know. Uh, it was very disappointing. Uh, it was very frustrating because like I said, that's not the feedback didn't add up. Uh, but at the same time it fell right in line with what I was told in my interview was the concern with me. And no matter how much I countered it, it wasn't going to change that person's mind evidently. So, um, but like I said, I feel like that person just doesn't know me. Those of you that do know me out there, I don't know that one. Okay, evidently Siri thought I was talking to her, or not Siri, but the Echo. Scared the crap out of me. (laughs) Um, But anyways, um, any of you guys that know me uh, from the podcast or from meeting me in person and everything else, I think a lot of you guys would know that Like, while I can take charge of a situation, I also can flex to the needs of somebody else. So it's, like I said, the feedback just didn't make any sense to me. It it seemed like their, their mind was kind of made up, but that also could just be their views. Um, that, that might be how they view me and whatever I did to cause that. Um, it's either on me or it's on them, but either way, I didn't get the position very disappointed. Um, but it just leaves me open to kind of seeing where my career can take me. Uh, obviously I would love it if, uh, the writing stuff took off. Uh, and cause that, that would be a dream job for me. Um, but we'll see. Uh, I know that that can be a long road and it could possibly never happen, but I also know that I want it to happen badly and I'm doing everything I can to make that happen. So, um, yeah, we'll see what the future brings, but it was a disappointing day. Uh, and I probably said too much, uh, for people here. Uh, I didn't. I could have gone a lot more details, but, uh, I know some of the people I work with, uh, listen to the episodes. Uh, so at least one, maybe two people listen to the episodes I work with. And, uh, so I don't want to go even more into it. Um, like I said, I probably already said too much as it is. Um, but thankfully I have, uh, a very supportive wife. I have a very supportive family. You guys have always been very supportive. I've got great, great friends. um, and, uh, yeah, I didn't tell a lot of people at work, uh, about it because I just, it's not, that's just not what you do. You just don't go around telling everyone, even though I'm telling everyone now in this podcast, but, um, yeah, it just doesn't shed a good light on you in the office. So, so this is kind of my, my cathartic venting, uh, for myself. So, um, but yeah, so so, like, so it was a disappointing night, and I was like, okay, well, you know what? I'm going to kind of get some stuff done for the podcast and everything else, so that's why I'm here. Uh, I released the video I re, uh, for Patreon members. I released uh, episode 26 for uh, everyone to listen to. Again, this episode will also come out available to everyone after a few days of being available to patrons. Patreon uh, members only. Um, but yeah, I was like, I'm going to talk some comics, so... That's what we're going to do. Um, so what I have here is right before the pandemic shut everything down, I was able to get my hands on the April uh, previews of Marvel for stuff that was supposed to come out in June. Uh, I did not make it to the shop before things shut down to get the full previews that had come out it would have been i think that would have been a really interesting catalog to go through um but this marvel one i I was able to get it i I think it was like a week or two later they were still open but they didn't have I, i can't remember how i got my hands on this but basically i got my hands on the marvel one that was for april and then later on they came out with the May June adjusted previews catalog. So this was there was a previews catalog that came out that was like May June uh, for like updates of things coming out and it was like numbers 380 and 381. But it never really said like when these titles were coming out, it just kind of said for the fall of twenty twenty. Um because I think they weren't sure about when titles were coming out or when they were gonna able to get back. Obviously, no one really did know, so um, but they wanted, they knew that I think this came out when they knew stuff was going to start opening up again. So, so I got this catalog, neither one of these, uh, so there's no DC because at this point of the new previews catalog coming out, DC had decided to leave diamond. So there was not going to be a DC catalog, uh, at all. Um, and it was kind of left up in the air as what was going on with DC, uh, as far as how they're going to provide a catalog and everything else. So now we know that there's a DC connect it's, uh, digital on the computer. Uh, it looks just like the previous catalog, so no problems there. Um, but that will be in the next episode. So this is just kind of like, this is the last vestige of stuff before things went back to a semi-normal route of previews. So I thought it'd be interesting to cover this in one episode. So this will probably be a, this will be hopefully a shorter episode than normally, um, for Patreon episodes. Uh, but then I've got one, two, I think two, maybe three more catalogs to go through, uh, with you guys. So at least two, um, and we'll get through those. And I want to get through these because I want to get, back to, before the end of the year, I want to get back to covering, you know, some Flash and Green Lantern and Legion of Superheroes uh, episodes where I'm doing retro reviews of that stuff. So um, I'd like to make some of those available before the end of the year. So this way people that have not done Patreon before can hear what some of those episodes are like as well. So, all right. So jumping into the Marvels uh, one that was for the April catalog for things that were supposed to come out in June and obviously didn't, uh, we have nonstop Spider-Man. This is like an action packed thing is written by Joe Kelly and art is by Chris Bocciolo. So that immediately had me interested was the art by Chris Bocciolo. Um, so it says buckle up tiger, get ready for, uh, the most action packed pulse pounding, adrenaline pumping comic of all time. Uh, as the name implies, once you read page one, panel one, Spider-Man does not stop, so it's just it's just this action-packed comic, and I'm like, I have a feeling that it's possible that you'll read through it very quickly too. Um, if it's that action-packed, because it seems like there wouldn't be a lot of dialogue going on then, uh, but we'll see. Uh, this title I think is still supposed to come out. I'm not 100 percent sure, uh, but like I said, Chris Bocchello art. I could look at that stuff all day, so um, I was very excited. I I know I ordered it, but again, I don't know if it stayed ordered or not, or if it got canceled. So uh, then there was the Darkhold Darkhold Alpha Number One, and I have not heard of this one coming out. Um, it was written by Steve Orlando and arted by uh, Cyan Tormi. Uh, I don't know how you pronounce C I A N. Is it Chan? Cyan. Um, So this one made me kind of iffy because it's written by Steve Orlando. And I have not been a fan of Steve Orlando. I know some people that just, like, really love his stuff. But I read his, I think he was the one that wrote, uh, wrote the Batman story where it was, like, monsters. Like, they had big kaiju monsters in it and everything else. That story was abysmal. And then he was writing uh, Justice League of America, and I just couldn't get into it. And so I immediately, I was like, okay, there's that, and there's, th- there's two things now where I didn't like it enough that I paid attention to who the writer was, uh, just because the story wasn't grabbing me. It wasn't the art. The art was decent on both of those. Um, it was definitely the story. So I was just like, yep, nope, can't can't do it. And, and now when I see Steve Orlando's name on something, I really don't want to read it. Like, and that's not fair to him. He probably, he maybe the stuff that you wrote there just didn't click with me, but other stuff by him would, but he's just one of those writers. Now when I see his name, I'm like, no, I don't really want to read that. But then I saw this and it's dark, dark And so if this does come out, I am very interested in reading it because I love the dark hold. I love the dark hold redeemer story. I love the idea behind the dark hold. We have doom. That's opening this up. It seems like it's, it's supposed to be the start of, uh, uh, of an event or mini event. Um, I always thought the dark would make a great major event in the Marvel universe. Like they did a mini event with it, uh, back during the, um, midnight suns era. Uh, like there was always the dark hold pages, but then they did one where it was the, uh, midnight massacre where blade, you know, was going on killing everybody. <clears throat> um, and that was actually really, I had a lot of fun reading that. And that's what got me thinking, like, man, the Darkhold could be... It's such a powerful thing. Like, it really could impact the entire entire Marvel Universe. And it seems like that's what they're kind of going for here. They're just not doing it on the scale that I think they could do it or should do it at. So, um, But again, I don't know if this ends up being canceled. I haven't heard of... I haven't seen any new solicits of it coming out. Um, so it could be something they scrapped. Or it could be something that they put to the side and said, we do want to make this a big event, but let's wait a little while because we just had a whole bunch of big events. Um, then we have Shang Chi number one of five. Uh, it is uh, a mini series. This one I know gets resolicited later. So this was one that uh, was supposed to come out, didn't come out. Uh, but they have very intention of it coming out. Of course, it's because the movie is, is going to be, uh, being made and released. So, Uh, of course they want to do that. Um, it's one that I'm like on the fence on, like it's one of those ones where I, I don't recognize the creators on it other than I think the cover, some of the arts being done by Philip Tan. So I recognize that name, but like the covers by Jim Chung, which is great, but what's the inside art look like? Um, so I don't know what the kind of, it's kind of a wait and see for this one for me because I like martial arts, I like Shang-Chi, but I haven't read a lot of Shang-Chi that I thought was very good. Um, because it's kind of tough, you have to balance the, the martial arts with some character development and everything else. So uh, Then we have uh, some Empire titles. So there's a whole bunch of Empire titles that were in here. Um, some of them I don't know if they even came out, um, but one that did come out was Lords of Empire Swordsman number one. Uh, so it was a one-shot. Um, I have no idea what it's about all of a sudden. I just know that like the regular swordsman now is, is showing as green uh, with this weird green energy around him. So I'm interested to see like who this swordsman is, what's going on, how does it play into Empire, and stuff like that. So, um, So yeah, I picked that up. I have not read it yet, but I did pick it up. Uh, then we had Fantastic Four number twenty-three, which wraps up there. Uh, the actual main title, of Fantastic Four's impact on or involvement in Empire. And then we had a couple of facsimile editions. I don't get these. I know my buddy Rock uh, does get them, and they're really cool. I've picked up one or two facsimiles, uh, and, and they are neat because it's like it's the original. It's just like the original issue, other than it has the current day price on it. Um, but you get all the ads, you get everything, what it looked like, uh, the whole stories in there and everything. So, so they are cool, but like I said, it's just, I've never really picked them up because if I'm going to read this, those stories, I'd rather get the whole story, not just that one issue. You, in some cases you're picking it up because of the nostalgia of being able to see the ads and everything else again, and not have to pay crazy prices to get the actual original issue. In some cases you're getting them because, it's just a classic cover, so, like, that's what I did with one uh, that I picked up. I picked up Flash Number 1. Um, it's not a crazy price to get that one anyways, but I uh, picked it up because I like the cover on it, and then I got the Flash of Two Worlds. Now, that one is very expensive to get, but the Flash of Two Worlds I got the Facsimile Edition because I thought the cover's cool and I want to be able to display it. So, uh, this one we have... The wedding, uh, it's a wedding theme, so we got Peter Parker and Mary Jane, and then we have Cyclops and Jean Grey. So, both iconic covers, both both iconic moments. Um, if I was to get one or the other, I'd probably get the X-Men one, because it's, it's Cyclops, that's my boy. Um, so yeah. Uh, then we have Giant Size X-Men Storm number one. Uh, I believe this one did come out. I think I do have it. I'm, I gotta get caught up on my X-Men reading. Um... definitely want to get, I definitely want to get caught up on X-Men reading because, uh, X of swords is coming out and I know I'll be covering that in a future episode where I'll be talking about like how it basically crosses over with everything, uh, everything X-Men related. So, which is kind of crazy, but, uh, but yeah, uh, I'm interested in getting caught up because I, that story seems very intriguing to me. So that's why I'm interested. Um, then a couple things here. We have America Chavez made in the USA. Number one of five. I don't think this is coming out now. I haven't, I don't think I've seen new resolicits for it. I have no interest in this character. I've mentioned her before. Like she's appeared in some team books and it's fine there, but this goes uh, not to get back into this, but this goes back to the agenda comics. And I've talked about this character before and how like she's got two moms, which is from an, i uh, knocking that at all, but, um, she's got two moms from an alternate reality where there's no men and it's called utopia. Um, I would be fine if it was an alternate reality. And in that alternate reality there, it's all women. That's fine. But to call it utopia, that's where you kind of annoy me because then it's like, you're basically saying paradise means that men are not there. Um, that's that's a little, that's a little poking at, at stuff. So, um, and Marvel has really tried to push this character. And I think that's the other thing is like, they try so hard to push this character in your face. And it's like, I don't care for the character. Like she's like, I love like miss Marvel. Um, and they never, I never really felt like they pushed her in, in at us. Uh, you know, ghost spider, which is spider Gwen. like that's a cool ass female character. And so like, and newer characters, which is why I'm mentioning them as well. Um, so yeah, I just don't get why they are so hung up on being like, it's America Chavez. You you should like her. And it's like, no, if anything you do forcing her on me is why I don't like her. Um, so yeah, uh, I have no interest in that miniseries whatsoever. Uh, then we had something that I don't think this is actually going to be happening, but it's called uh, in Infinite Destinies. And it says, Infinity Stones are destined to return. Both new and iconic characters seek to wield them, leading to a titanic clash in Infinite Destinies, which will lay the groundwork for future stories reshaping Marvel Universe. But in the final battle, who will possess the stones? And it's all the um, different annuals for the different comics. So there was... Iron Man Annual 1, uh, Captain America Annual 1, Thor Annual 1, Black Cat Annual 2, Avengers Annual 1, Black Panther Annual 1, Guardians of the Galaxy Annual 1, and Amazing Spider-Man Annual 2. I don't remember seeing these resolicited. Um, so, like, Iron Man was guest starring Quantum, uh, Captain America's guest starring Overtime. I don't know either one of those characters. Uh, Thor was guest starring, uh, Spirit of Corruption. Don't know that character. Uh, Black Cat was guest starring White Fox. I think that's a character that I'm familiar with. The Avengers, it says it's classified, so not telling you. Uh, Black Panther was, uh, spotlight. was guest starring Amulet. Don't know that character. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy was guest starring Prince of Power. So I remember there being a princess of power. And I'm not talking about, um... (laughs) She-Ra. And then Amazing Spider-Man was guest starring Star, which is a new character. Um, Yeah, I'm interested in this because it's Infinity Stones, but I don't think they resoliced it. I don't think it's actually coming out, at least not yet. Um, Then we have another Spider-Man title, Web of Spider-Man. It's a miniseries. It's focused on Peter Parker being a scientist and it seems like it has more ties to the movie universe, uh, Marvel, uh, movie universe than it does to just the regular Marvel universe. Um, of course they're not going to point that out, but it's like him working with Tony Stark and everything else. So yeah. Um, that's kind of a pass one for me. I love Spider-Man, but that's a pass. Um, Ghost Rider number nine and Ghost Rider annual number one. Um, like, I was getting Ghost Rider, uh, the new Ghost Rider, as it was coming out, and I really liked it, and then I just kind of stopped because I was cutting titles. I don't know why I cut Ghost Rider, because I really was enjoying it, and I really do like the character, and it wasn't um, oh, I can't remember what his name is, but the one that drives the, the charger, uh, the car. Um, he's in Avengers right now, and he's fine in there, uh, but that's just, that's just not Ghost Rider for me. So, uh, with this one, we see characters like Death Watch. Um, this is on issue nine, uh, Scarecrow. And it looks like maybe Blackout, uh, which are all these classic villains for me. So, um, And then we get, um, in annual number one, we get the Return of Vengeance, which I found very interesting. Because, again, that was right during my heyday of Ghost Rider. So... Yeah, I don't know. That might be a title. I I circle back and see where I left off as far as issues and see if I can get a few of the issues that I missed so far. Um, Then we have Star Wars Bounty Hunters number five, Star Wars Darth Vader number five, uh, Star Wars number seven, and Star Wars Dr. Offer number four. And I talked about these issues uh, before that. Uh, again, I got to get caught up on my uh, Star Joe's reading in general, but I'm trying to get caught up on Doctor Afra, which I'm way behind on, so that I can then read Ascendant. I, I think last time I said it was Ascendants, but it's Ascendant, and then uh, that leads into all these other Star Wars titles. Um, I have been reading Bounty Hunters already, so but like I know Star Wars, with Vader, the new Vader series, the new Doctor Afra series, are all spinning out of that Ascendant. So I want to read. I want to get caught up on Dr. Aphra. So this way, all of that, I can just kind of get caught up on everything at one time then. And it's not like me to fall behind on star Wars titles, uh, especially the main titles that are out there. But, um, I did just because I'm like, okay, I want, I really need to get caught up on this Dr. Aphra title. Uh, then we have star Wars, the rise of Skywalker adaptation, number one of five, say what you will about that movie. I loved it. It's my favorite of the Skywalker uh, saga ones So of the new movies uh, The new trilogy uh, Rise of Skywalker is my favorite one uh, I, I can watch it multiple times I love it I can watch all of them multiple times But uh, I know that's not the case for everybody But yeah Rise of Skywalker it was just a, a lot of fun For me um, Of all the new movies I would say the best one Is Rogue One um, It's just a really good film but then you also have Han Solo, which is just like... Like Rogue One, I kind of have to be in the mood to watch Rogue One. Han Solo is just one I can pop in at any time and just watch it and have a lot of fun watching it. Um, and like I said, I like the new movies too. So like I said, you don't have to. That's okay. Uh, but I I really enjoyed Rise of Skywalker. Now, I have not seen that this adaptation has been resolicited yet. So there might be some delays when it comes to that. Then we have uh, looking through different omnibus and collections here. Uh, We have Uncanny X Men Omnibus Volume 3 hardcover. It's a new printing of that um, for those that get first time. Uh, And then we have uh, Marvel Select, which I really like that they do these. These are like um, collected, hardcover collected editions of specific issues for specific characters, specific storylines. Um, I saw that. So if you remember, I mentioned about like the G one definitive collection thing. That's over only over in the UK. Um, and you can get some books. You might be able to find them on eBay and things like that. And that if you line up all the covers, you get all 80 some issues of it and you line up all the covers. It's got this beautiful, like, um, mural type scene on the on the spine that goes all the way across. They also did something like that for, um, Marvel. They've also did something like that for DC. And they also did something like that for just Batman by by himself. Um, because there's enough stuff to do Batman and Batman cells. It seems like these Marvel select books, these hardcover Marvel select books are following what was over in the UK. Uh, they're not gonna, it doesn't seem like they're gonna have the spine, the pictures on the spine, but they are going to follow uh, the idea that, hey, let's collect some classic stories with certain characters and put it out there. So this is, this one's, it's Hey, it's Deadpool. So, I don't know, classic? Sure, why not? But it has like the first appearance of Deadpool, um, number, uh, in New Mutants, number 98. Uh, Deadpool, The Circle Chase, number one through four. Deadpool, one through four. And Deadpool from 1997, number one. So uh, it's got some good stories. Like I remember those miniseries being pretty good. So, um, yeah, I might look into these hardcovers because I really do like, as you know, I love the hardcovers. Um, but like I've got a lot more DC ones than I do Marvel ones. Uh, I have the Omnibus Editions for Marvel, but... I don't, like, a lot of the other stuff I have are, like, Epic Collections and stuff like that. And if they're going to start doing these really nice Marvel Select hardcovers, and they're not badly priced, they're, like, this one's $25. Um, that's, for a hardcover, that's nothing. And DCB Service, if you pre-order them, it's going to be half that. So, like, for 12 bucks, you get a nice hardcover that has uh, mm-hmm. what? Eight, nine, ten issues in it. You, you really can't beat that. I know they did like a Spider Man one, also. There's some other ones in the future I'll be mentioning. I think there's like a Punisher one coming up and everything else. So, uh, then they also have Marvel Horror Lives Again Omnibus. Uh, it's a big hardcover omnibus, it's got a whole bunch of like uh, issues that had specific characters in it. So like horror characters. So you got like Sitana, you got Dracula, you got blade, the vampire slayer, you got, uh, Wendigo, like all these characters, uh, you got, uh, Ulysses bloodstone, isn't it? So I like that, but I'm holding out and hoping that maybe they'll re solicit, uh, do a new printing of tomb of Dracula where I can get the stuff that I really want. Cause They're only showing, like, a couple things of Tomb of Dracula in here. And then you got a bunch of other stuff. I think it's cool, especially if you like horror stuff. But it it feels like it might be one of those omnibus that are, like, all over the place. Where it's like, okay, you got this story here and this story here. This one's funny. This one's serious. This one's... It just kind of gets that... I get that kind of feeling from it. So... But speaking of cool omnibus editions, we have Excalibur omnibus volume one which collects uh the issues one through 49 of the of excalibur and it also has uh the excalibur uh, mojo mayhem and excalibur weird war three um and it has the special edition of excalibur number one so that's a lot of excalibur that's a lot of issues like that's a lot of issues um but I love this is the 90s Excalibur. Like, this this is, again, right in my wheelhouse. This is the stuff I was reading uh, and enjoying the hell out of. Uh, I know they've done a New Mutants one, uh, Omnibus Edition. Um, yeah, so I'm all over this one. Again, this is one that I'm not sure I've seen the, a resolicit for it. Uh, we'll have to see as we go through some of the future catalogs and everything else. But I'm, I'm hoping that if they didn't resolicit this, that they will be. Um so we'll see. Uh, then for Conan fans, there's Conan the Barbarian by Kurt Busiek Omnibus, uh, which I'm, that one I'm not familiar with, but Kurt Busiek's great. Uh, and then Conan the Barbarian, the original Marvel years volume five. If you can believe it, there's, there's that much stuff. Um, for those of you that are Conan fans, you're like, yeah, of course there is. Um, you moron. So... <laughs> Um, Then we have Incredible Hulk by Peter David, Omnibus, Volume 2. Uh, I've heard that that's, like, one of the best runs. I'm not surprised because it's it's Peter David. Then one that I found very interesting was Infinity Crusade Omnibus, hardcover. I have this in trade. I have the Crusade and um, I have War. I have Infinity Gauntlet in Omnibus because I wanted a nice hardcover of that. But I was like, do I really need Infinity War and Infinity Crusade in Omnibus Editions? Because I've never read them. I have them. Uh, I've never read them, and I've heard they're not as good. Um, but I don't know. Maybe I should make my own opinions and stuff. But also, like, it would, make, it would look nice on the shelf, and it would make sense to have the Infinity War and Infinity Crusade and Omnibus Editions also to put right next to them, but we'll see. Um, I also find it interesting, too. Like, So they have the traditional cover for it, which is the one I would want, but a lot of times I like the direct market version better, and I do like the art on the direct market one. It's got Spider-Man, and it looks like Moon Knight in like this action scene with the moon behind them and everything else, but I don't know why that one that art is being chosen for this story. Like it rep to represent this story. Like the regular cover is the cover we all know with, um, whatever her, the goddess, uh, Adam Warlock, uh, on the, on the cover. And you got all the different Marvel head heads of different characters, uh, around her. But yeah, this other one, I'm like, uh, like the artwork's neat, but it doesn't say infinity crusade to me. So, Uh, Then we have Star Wars Volume 1, The Destiny Path, and this is of the new uh, run that they've done on Star Wars. Um, So it collects the first several issues of that. It's like issues one through six of that. Uh, Then we have Avengers Wastelands, uh, Avengers of the Wastelands. So this was one of those ones where they were going to not finish the miniseries. It was a miniseries. It was one through five. The last issue just recently came out. They weren't going to finish it. They were going to have it go digital, and then they were going to do this trade. And if you wanted it in paper form, you were going to have to, to finish it in paper form by getting the trade. Um, then they realized what a freaking moron move that was, because all you're going to do is upset fans. Like they're, they're what, I realized these titles weren't selling a lot before the pandemic thing, but they were miniseries. I get taking a title that was an ongoing and saying, okay, from this point, like let's finish this arc or something like that. And then from this point on, we're going to make it digital. Um, but when it's a mini series and you are up to issue three or four in some cases, um, just finish the mini series. Like it doesn't make any sense. The one they haven't come back to that I, I haven't seen, and I really liked was the Gwen Stacy one. I don't think that they've resolicited that the rest of those issues are going to come out. They did issue one and two. Um, it's a five-issue mini-series. Like, can we just get the other three issues? Like, the first issue was really good. I haven't read the second issue yet, um, but I want to. Because the first issue, I really, really enjoyed it. There were some things I was kind of like, continuity-wise, I questioned. But the story was pretty good. Um, then the other thing that they have here is Marvel monograph, uh, the art of Jim Chung trade paperback. If this had been a hardcover, I would have been all over it all day long. Um, Jim Chung's art is beautiful. If you saw it in young Avengers or secret warriors or anything like that, like it, it's gorgeous. I just, especially when it's an art book, I want it to be in a hardcover. Uh, I, I I mean, you guys know how much I love hardcovers, but aside from that, I feel like an art book should be a hardcover. Like, I don't know why. I, I guess maybe it classes it up a bit or something. I don't know. But, yeah. I saw this with a trade paper back I was like, eh, I don't, I don't really want that <clears throat> as much as I love his artwork. Um, then we have uh, Hellstrom Evil Origins. So, they did do a, um, uh, Hellstorm uh, or like, uh, epic collection of, of that. And this looks like it's something similar to that, but you get some other issues and everything else, but it's like early appearances of Damien Hellstrom. So if you like him, uh, then this would be something to pick up. Uh, that's it for the Marvel one. <clears throat> we will get some other Marvel ones in the previews. Uh, I came across there's a whole section of just for Marvel in this particular previews catalog. Normally Marvel is, has its own catalog and it's not in the previews, but since it was a weird previews and everything else, they put it right in there. Um, I came across some of the same titles that I just covered in here, um, which meant that that's how I knew, like, for some of them, like, oh, yeah, they resolicited it and everything else. Um, so I'm not going to regurgitate those as I go through this previews catalog, uh, but just know some of those did make an appearance. So um, going into image here, we have Big Girls, number one. Uh, this one, I'm on the fence, like, the artwork looks really really cool. Like I, I like this art style. I would say it's probably not for everybody, but I really like it. Um, it says when men become giant monsters, hell bent on destroying the world, only girls can stop them. Big girls meet Ember. She writes poetry, loves to read, and she's a 300 foot tall full-time monster killer. She and other big girls are all that stand in the way of our world's complete annihilation. So it's written, drawn and covers all done by Jason Howard. I'm not familiar with his work. Here's the thing with this one. And again, I'm not going to try to get into agenda comics, but this one, like on the fence as to, is that what they're going for or not? Um, I like the idea of, Hey, like there's these big monsters and they, they were mutated due to different things, but then it's like, okay. And then you increase the size of, these women and they hunt down these monsters and stuff like, like that's all cool. Like that's like Godzilla awesome stuff, but it's like, why is it only the women are still around? Like I, it could be totally fine. Like you have why the last man um, kind of addressed that. And that I don't think was agenda comics at all. That was just a really well-told story. This looks like this could be just a well-told fun story. I just, when I read what it was about, I was like, okay, um, let's see where this goes. But like I said, it looks like it's fun. Um, so I'm going to give it a benefit of the doubt, um, because just because there's a premise like that does not make it an agenda comic immediately. It doesn't make it like something to, to stay away from. Um, so then we have uh, Firepower by uh, Kirkman and Samny. Uh, it's issues one and two. I do have these issues. They did release issue one as like a free comic book day issue, and it was the full issue. I haven't read it yet. I heard it's like uh, it's like Kirkman's take on an Iron Fist story, which that could be interesting. I like Iron Fist as far as like the concept and everything else. Um, again, hit or miss sometimes if the story is good for Iron Fist or not. Uh, but then you have Sam uh, Samny, uh, doing, Chris Samney doing the artwork, and I'm like, okay, I love Chris Samney artwork, so we'll give this one a try. I think they're up to issue three right now, and I have not even read the first issue. The reason why is because there's also a trade paperback that came out, and from what I remember, you're supposed to, technically you're supposed to read the trade paperback first before reading the ongoing series because it's everything that happened before that. So... Uh, then there's Adventure Man number three. Uh, I did read the first issue. I have the other issues. I think I think issue three already came out, but I'm not 100% sure. I know issue two came out. I just haven't read it yet. Um, but issue one was really good. If you like pulpy type, like almost like golden age, some silver age type feel to it, um, but definitely like that pulp. And then you've got... Matt Fraction writing it and Terry Dodson and Rachel Dodson drawing it. Their artwork is gorgeous. love Dodson artwork. Um, Matt Fraction's an excellent writer. Um, you get your money's worth with this title. So like I read the first issue and holy crap, th- like it took a couple sittings for me to, to get through it. And it wasn't because it was a chore to get through. It was just like, okay, I'm reading this and I'm getting kind of tired. Uh, I need to go to bed. Let me, I'm not gonna be able to finish this tonight, so let me finish it tomorrow. But, like, really truly enjoyed it. So, uh, that's a a definite title I would recommend. Uh, Then we have Stranger Things The Bully trade paperback. Um, And I don't, it doesn't really say how many issues were in the original solicit, or this could have just been a one shot, I don't remember. Um, But it says it's perfect for middle grade readers, takes place during season two of Stranger Things. Um, it's written by Greg Pock, so it's got potential there. Um, yeah, if you like Stranger Things, man, Dark Horse is going all out with Stranger Things. So uh, Then there's a title that I found interesting, which is it's been solicited multiple times, and I'm partly interested in picking it up. It's called The Troll Guide. And it's like, have you ever encountered a troll and not known? What to Do, Don't Panic, the Troll Guide has you covered. This essential handbook is filled with tips and tricks on what to do when encountering trolls, as well as a comprehensive list of different kinds of trolls and mountain creatures. This guidebook will turn even the most novice of troll scholars into experts. Um, The artwork looks beautiful on it, which is what has has me interested. The thing I'm curious about with it is, are these actual troll... Species and stuff like that from mythology, in which case you have sold me. Or is this just something that you made up as there's this type of troll and this type of troll and this type of creature and that type of creature, in which case I'm still intrigued, but not as intrigued as I was, if these were, if it's based on actual mythological creatures and folklore, um, because that's not to circle back to, but that's what my comic is doing. Like that I am, I'm basing lot of the creatures in, in, the, on the mythology side on actual mythologies of the world. Um, now we're doing our own takes on them, of course, but I am basing it on real things. That's why I'm very curious on this. I'm like, well, this could almost be a resource for me if it's real stuff. Um, if it's just what this guy made up, still very interesting, still really cool. I'm still tempted. Um, but not as useful. Like it, it's more like something I would flip through once to see the pretty artwork, and then possibly not pick up for a long time. So yeah, it has me intrigued because they they've solicited it multiple times. Um, so it seems like one of those books they're going to constantly like resolicit to get it out there. Uh, then we get into IDW, and we have the last Ronin. I am very excited for this title, and I know a lot of other people are too. Man, I want it to come out already. <laughs> Uh, it was, it's obviously been delayed, uh, a bit because of everything going on. But, um, yeah, I got an Ashcan edition of it, which only had four, maybe five pages to it. Um, but it's like, it, it's the very beginning of the story and he's, uh, whoever the last turtle is, uh, my guess is it's Michelangelo because it's like Leonardo, it's too, Easy to make it Leonardo. Um, Raphael, it's, he's too angry. Like it's that's too obvious. Also because it's like this person's supposed to be trying to get revenge for his brothers. Um, so Raphael's too easy for that. Donatello could be, but I wouldn't see Donatello getting revenge. You would think you wouldn't see Michelangelo Angelo get revenge, but I could definitely see that because he would be, uh, it would flip him from his carefree easygoing. And plus he's like the youngest too. So like, I, I just feel like there's a lot, uh, that steers me towards that direction. Um, yeah, this, I, I, like I said, I'm very excited about it. Um, the story sounds good that what I read was, was very good. So, uh, yeah, uh, that cannot come soon enough. Then we have Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles number one hundred and eight. Uh, this is still going along the lines of introducing a, a newer character, a uh, newer villain, some type of serpent thing that was in the water last time. Uh, there's a uh, incentive cover that's by Brett Brooks, and the turtles look a little bit more. Um, they, they, I don't know, they look a little bit more like either a Nickelodeon version or more like the uh, version that you saw in the Batman TMNT. Uh, action figures and stuff like that. They look cool, though, Um, just a bit more gritty and real looking. uh, Like Not real, but gritty looking. Um, And then we have uh, the collected edition trade paperback of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Jenica. So that's the new turtle. Um, I have not read up to the point where she gets turned into the turtle, uh, one of the turtles, so that I know is coming up very fast for me cause I'm about to get into city at war. And, uh, I'm very excited about reading that. Then we have uh, snake. I, and just let you know when I start city at war, I'm probably going to do a video review of the first issue of that. I have a lot of turtles issues that I want to cover in video reviews. And you guys can let me know, like, is that something you would like to see? Because I'm sure people would also like to see some of the other properties. Um, you know that you know. I've done a lot, but I've done a lot of Transformers recently. I have not done any Star Wars ones recently, so I, I definitely need to get back to doing some of those. Um, I did do a GI Joe one because I covered Snake Eyes Dead Game, which number two is listed here. Um, and I will be covering more. I have a couple other GI Joe ones that I'm going to be covering, so I, I got that covered. But the Turtles one is interesting because I'm getting caught up on my Turtles reading. So I kind of want to cover City at War number one and, and then number, uh, not number one, but part one. And then I w- really would like to read issue 100 and do a review of that. But then I've also read Shredder in Hell. I'm absolutely going to cover that one. I even have the director's cut of that one. So that's going to help me with doing that review. Um, I've read issue one of that so far. Really liked it. Um, not to spoil that review for you, but I really liked it. And then, um, then I got the macro series, which were a lot of fun. So I think the macro series, I thought about doing each one individually, but I think I might do those as one video review where I talk about all of those. Um, but I'm getting caught up on those because those actually took place before city at war. Once I've read those, then I can read city at war and I can do a review, but that's gonna be a lot of turtle stuff. So I'm just kind of curious if that's cool with you guys. Like, City at War number one, number 100, which is the end of City at War, Uh, probably Jenica number one, Uh, and then Shredder in Hell, and then the Macro series. So you're talking like five Turtles reviews. They're not all going to be back-to-back. Don't worry about that. But, um, but I... Because I have some other stuff I'm going to be covering, but um, yeah, I guess, I don't know. I guess it's one of those things, like, if I want to review it and talk about them, then that's what I should do. Um then hell i'm covering the um ghostbusters issues from way back when and probably and i based on viewership uh no one gives a crap that i'm covering those so that's fine i'm doing them for me so <laughs> hopefully uh, i'm build slowly building an audience back up again on on youtube and that would be great for both the podcasts for uh community wise and everything else i've I, think it'll be a good thing. Uh, we have Transformers number 23. Definitely a title I need to get caught up on, but man, it's a struggle. Uh, Transformers 84, Secrets and Lies number four. Uh, I think issue three recently came out. Um, at least issue two's already out, but I think issue three just recently came out. Uh, Star Wars Adventures volume 10. Uh, this collects issues 24 through 26. It's interesting. They, you don't get the, this one you're getting, uh, Three issues and they're charging you ten bucks, and I understand that's if you were to add up the three cover prices, it would be about ten bucks. But come on, it's a trade. Like, give give me something more or charge me something less. That seems like I don't know. That seems like they're ripping you off. Uh, Then you have. Return to uh, Star Wars Adventures: Vader's Castle, and this collects the five issue, uh, the two five issue miniseries. So you have uh, Star Wars Adventures: Tales from Vader's Castle, and then Star Wars Adventures: Return to Vader's Castle. So there's ten issues, and you get that for twenty bucks. They're trying to charge you ten bucks for three issues on the other one. Like no, no. Uh, Star Wars Adventures Annual 2020. Uh, looks like the annuals might. looks like they're following the tradition of the annuals, uh, involving Jackson, the rabbit. So, uh, and it looks like he's at least based on the cover, it looks like he's going up against Dengar. Uh, I think it's going to be, that should be pretty fun. So, uh, he might be dealing with all the bounty hunters and stuff, but I love the fact that they brought Jackson back. So, uh, then getting into Marvel here, uh, like I said, they did, show, uh, stuff. And they, this is like, it's saying Marvel August, 2020. So these are things that came out. They were supposed to come out in August. And I believe all of these did. Uh, first thing is maestro. Number one, I'm very excited to read this Peter David. It's supposed to tell the origin of how the Hulk became maestro, uh, which hasn't been done before. Um, I love Future Imperfect. I again, as like I've mentioned many times, I'm not a big Hulk fan, but if you tell a good Hulk story, I'm all about it. So, I love Planet Hulk. I love Future Imperfect, um, and I uh, love what they're doing with Im- Immortal Hulk right now. I've only read the first couple trades. I have all of them though, but I've really, really have loved it. So. Uh, then we have Fantastic Four Antithesis number one of four. This is written by Mark Wade, the artist by Neil Adams. If it was written by Neil Adams, I would not have picked it up. but since it's just the artwork of Neil Adams, uh, Neil Adams is not a good writer. Um, he's a fantastic artist, but not a good writer. Uh, Mark Wade is a great writer, so uh, I'm really have high hopes for this particular title. So we'll see what happens. Uh, then we have Tomb of Dracula, the Complete Collection, Volume four. I'm really, really hoping that when they say complete collection, they mean complete collection. Uh, it does collect *Tomb of Dracula* number 35 through 54, *Doctor Strange* number 14, *Dracula Lives* 12 through 13, uh, and material from Legion of Monsters* number one. So, uh, they're—you know—they've been coming out with these trades. Um, I would love to have the omnibus editions, but I've been getting these trades because. I don't know if we'll ever see those, and I would really love to have the full collection of Tomb of Dracula. I'm hoping that Marvel actually follows through with it, them calling it the complete collection, that they, even if the sales numbers are low, that the volumes will still keep coming out until they're done, because that is not what IDW has done with G.I. Joe, as we all know. They had the complete Larry Hama collection, and uh, I don't think they call it the Larry Hama collection, but the Marvel collection. And... The, they stalled out at volume nine. The volume nine has not come out yet and they keep promising it's going to come out. And then they tease us. It's about to come out and then it doesn't come out. And it's pissing me off. Uh, and it's pissing a lot of Joe fans off. And I know it's because the sales weren't high enough for them to keep doing it. At least my guess is that's what it was. Um, cause they also stalled out on doing the IDW collection. I think that one stalled out at number seven or eight also. Um, that, And not that I necessarily want that one all the way completed because the later volumes would have stuff from Sidorson and and Van Lente and stuff like, but to just kind of have it complete the story, that's and have those beautiful hardcovers there. That's why I would want it. Um, I have all the rest of them. Might as well finish it off. Um, But yeah, I, I almost feel like what you could do. Cause I don't really care about having citizen stuff in there. I'm sorry, but I don't, um, I just don't think it was good. I read, I read it. It's not good. Aside from how I felt about him and his antics, I just felt like the story wasn't good. Um, you can feel differently again. That's your choice. I just didn't think it was good. Um, but you could almost go into like revolution and you wouldn't have to do the citizen stuff really much at all. Um, I know Revolution and stuff spun into Citrus and stuff, but I feel like that's almost a decent stopping point is just Revolution. But I don't know. We'll see. Um, they're, they're probably not going to go back and finish that stuff. Uh, Transformers, they've done a great job, but that's been a big seller for them. So they they have been coming out with the volumes of hardcovers all along. Like, there's, there was one that just came out recently. So they're, they're still getting you the hardcovers for the Transformers 1 of Phase 2 um and they I think they still probably have another one to two volumes of that before they finish that off. And then they've been coming out with a new series in hardcovers, which I've been getting them even though I don't a fan of what it it's rough to read. Um I'm hoping it if I go back and reread it, maybe it flows better if I'm not reading like issue at one point and then another issue later on. Maybe if I just read it all in a chunk it'll work. I don't know. Um, Then we got New Mutants Omnibus Volume 1 uh, hardcover. This is what I was mentioning earlier, that this was solicited. I don't know. Well, this is the new solicitation, so it should be still coming out. Um, Then they have the Marvel Select Hey, It's Deadpool that I mentioned earlier. Um, Then we have Star Wars The Empire Collection. Uh, I think I mentioned this last time because they were supposed to do it. This is all the... um, Agent of the Empire storylines, the uh, which they did two miniseries. It's got the Force Unleashed in it, uh, storylines in it. So pretty cool collection. Uh, then we have Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, Dark Temple. I didn't finish reading this yet. Uh, I read the first two issues. It's a good story. It's not great. Uh, But it's a tie-in to the the video game. I was hoping it was actually the the actual story of the video game, but that's not what it is. Um, I hope that they still do that at some point, but they just haven't yet. Uh, Then there's Seven Secrets. So this one, this is interesting because it's written by Tom Taylor. I love Tom Taylor's writing. Um, I've liked him ever since he did the Boba Fett miniseries and stuff like that. But it's Tom Taylor writing... uh, I had gotten a Power Rangers comic I ordered one from a a shop and they sent me seven secrets by accident. So then I let them know they sent me a label so I can send it back and they sent me the right thing. But it had me intrigued because then when I saw seven secrets, I was like, "It's written by Tom Taylor though. I was like, I mean, I could have just said to the shop, Hey, can, can I keep this one and I'll pay you for the, the issue I wanted. And, um, but I didn't, I sent it back. So then I saw a second print of seven secrets at my comic shop and I was like, well now it's just taunting me. It's telling me you need to read this. So, um, so I did pick it up. Uh, it says for fans of once and future. So there and, and undiscovered country. So there you go right there. It's like, okay, I love once in future. I love undiscovered country. So yeah, <laughs> I'm going to pick this up. Uh, it says comes an all new original series, Uh, and says, uh, let's see, uh, about seven powerful secrets, words, wonders, weapons, and worse, with the power to uh, destroy the world. Seven secrets could destroy the world. For centuries, they've been locked away and protected by the Order. When their stronghold is attacked and and a secret revealed, the entire Order must go on the run. The Order's youngest member, Casper, has been trained his entire life to protect the secrets he will never know. Uh, now is his chance to prove his worth. To become uh, a holder of one of the deadliest secrets in the world. Uh, but Casper has a secret of his own. And his secret could prove more dangerous than anything the Order protects. So, sounds interesting. Now, that premise sounds like a premise I've heard from a lot of different people titles and a lot of like indie creators and everything else that's like, okay, I've got the order that's who these up against and that's, or that's who's protecting stuff. And and I've got, or you got the agency or like all these generic sounding things. If it wasn't written by Tom Taylor, I'd be like, eh, it sounds just generic, but, um, as Tom Taylor. So I, I have a feeling like these secrets are actually pretty, Impactful, the story is going to be interesting, the characters are going to be interesting. So, I did pick up that second print, and if I like it enough, I will continue getting the series and I'll look to track down the first print uh, just because that's how I roll. Uh, Then we have Power Rangers uh, Dracon New Dawn, number one of three. Um, I picked up Power Rangers Ranger Slayer. It was a one-shot that was done. It was in the aftermath of Shattered Grid. um, And loved the hell out of it. Like, I picked up the free comic book day issue. uh, Which had... It was like the preview story to the one that... The Ranger Slayer story. And that was really good. And I'm like, okay, the art's really good. The story's really good. I am not a fan of the Power Rangers. Um, I don't like the show. Like, I like the idea behind the show... I like the fighting uh, scenes were good, and I like the Zords as cheesy and everything as, as they are, um, special effects-wise. I like them, but I never could get past watching the stupid high school stuff. Like That stuff was beyond campy, and so therefore I was like, it just had no interest. But on the comic side, so remember, I'm not big on campy live-action stuff. But you can put campy stuff into a cartoon or campy stuff into a comic book and it hits me differently. And that's the case with Power Rangers. I've read some of the Power Rangers comics. I was actually starting to get the Power Rangers comic when it first came out from Boom and I dropped it only simply because, again, you know, getting too many titles. Um, But I picked up this Ranger Slayer one and I'm like, this is really good and it has me really interested to want to read um, Shattered Grid that I've heard really good things about. And they actually have a nice hardcover edition out there for it. So, um, and then we have this Dracon. And, like, I'm not familiar with Dracon. I know he's, if, like, if I ever heard the name, I'd be like, oh, that's, um, you know, that's one of the Power Rangers characters, uh, you know, one of the villains, I believe. So, but it says, uh, for this one, it says, After the shocking events of Power Rangers, Ranger Slayer, uh, Kimberly is determined to purge the world of Dracon's legacy, starting with Deadlock. Uh, the prison tower where Dracon held all those who opposed him so this is all spinning out of that one shot that I really liked so yeah I I'm actually very interested in this miniseries series which is just funny because I never thought I'd say that about a power Rangers thing then we have Mega Man fully charged number one of six boom has taken over Mega Man it looks interesting I uh, I know the first issue has already come out I haven't read it yet um but I'm very interested because I love Mega Man. It's definitely in my top five video game franchises. Uh, there, Legend of Zelda would definitely be number one. Then uh, Final Fantasy probably would be number two. I uh, love the Final Fantasy games, uh, at least a lot of the ones that I've played. Uh, I know there's a lot more that I haven't played. Um, Castlevania probably be number three just because I love that world. Castlevania. Like nowadays, it's more so because of the world, and not because of uh, just because of the games were awesome. Although that's true too. Um, World of Warcraft probably is actually number two for me after Legend of Zelda. So I kind of shift everything down, which would then make Mega Man number five. Uh, So you got, uh, and then Metroid is like is that honorable mention number six spot Um, because I love that world also so yeah, I'm trying to think, make sure there wasn't something in there that like, you know, I love super Mario and stuff like that too, but not as much as I love some of these. So yeah, it would be legend of Zelda world of Warcraft. Um, then, uh, Castlevania, then, um, my God, just blanked on the stuff I was just saying. (laughs) So legend of Zelda, World of Warcraft, Castlevania, uh, Mega Man's in there. Uh, and what was the other one that I said? Do you guys remember? Maybe it was Metroid. Maybe, maybe that's my number five. Um, but yeah, like all those are like video game properties that I adore and love. So Mega Man, I was very excited to see this even though it looks like it's a weird take, but I'm up for a weird take. I'm all for it. Let's, let's see what it is. So, uh, Then we have uh, Jim Henson's Dark Crystal, Age of Resistance, The Ballad of Hup, and Uh, uh It's a hardcover, collecting uh, issues five through eight. Again, not a big fan of the price point for the amount of issues. Uh, you're talking $25 for four issues. Uh, it is a hardcover. But at the same time, like that's really milking it a lot. So uh, then we have going into some of the books here and other publishers. We have Star Wars Galaxy's Edge: A Crash of Fate, soft, soft cover. It's a novel. Um, I think this one got postponed. Like it was supposed to come out, and then it. it I don't think it did. Um, I think it got postponed. So we'll see if it comes out later. I love the fact that they have a little golden book for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. That's fantastic. Uh, so if you want to get your kids into Turtles, uh, there you go. They also have Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker, little golden books. So I love the fact that they're doing these little golden books of, like, these properties uh, that we all love and grew up with. So um, then they have uh, from Mad Cave Studios, Battle Cats, Tales of Valderia, Volume 1. I'm so tempted and interested to see what this is because it looks like Thundercats. It just, it does. It's maybe a little bit more medieval version of Thundercats. Maybe not, but that's what it looks like. And, um, I don't know, I find that very odd. So, uh, then, I uh, wanted to mention, uh, the only living girl volume two is solicited. They also have volume one being solicited the same time, uh, they're very good about doing this is that when the next volume of only living girl, only living boy, like they did before comes out, a lot of times they release the previous volumes also. So this way you you can get all of them if you need to. But, um, if you like weird worlds and world building, um, I loved the only living boy. Uh, I did get the only living girl, but I have not read it yet, but I really loved only living boy. Uh, it's David Gallagher and I believe he still listens to the podcast. Um, I can tell you, I don't promote it just because he listens to the show. Uh, but he found out that I mentioned this and that's actually what caused him to start listening. Um, but yeah, really love this. Uh, and I also love the fact that like for, cause you guys know, I love hardcovers, for just a few dollars more, you can go from getting soft cover to getting hard cover. The soft covers are like nine bucks, and the hard cover is like fourteen. So, like, I'm gonna go hard cover. But yeah, that is a very reasonable price for what you're getting. Like, it's it's cool, detailed artwork. It's a lot of fun. Uh, like I said, if you love, I've mentioned before, like if you love stories like Labyrinth and Dark Crystal and things like that, where especially those ones, those stories like Labyrinth, where you're taking a character in the real world and you thrust into this fantasy world, that's that's what you're getting with this. So I highly recommend it. Uh, Then we have from 10 Speed Press, Jack Kirby, The Epic Life of the King of Comics. If you're a Jack Kirby fan, definitely worth checking out there. Then there's this uh, comic called Horizon Zero Dawn, Uh, number one. uh, It's the first original comic set in the world of the best-selling PlayStation 4 game. I don't know the PlayStation 4 game, but this looks like this, a cool fantasy world. It looks like a little bit of Legend of Zelda, Breath of the Wild, uh, and a little bit of uh, maybe like Monster Hunter or something along those lines. But it, it looks cool. So uh, it just caught my eye. So I was like, I, I know nothing about it, but it looks cool. Uh, then we have Star Wars The Mandalorian, Volume 1, Collector's Edition. Uh, There'll be volume two I'll mention at a later time, but this is volume one. Again, you can get the paperback. They have a newsstand version. They have the exclusive cover that you can get only from ordering from previews, and then they have the hardcover, and of course I get the hardcover. They have also Star Wars, the Empire Strikes Back anniversary special. Again, they have a newsstand cover. You have the exclusive cover, and then you have the hardcover. So um, for the Mandalorian one, the hardcover has the Mandalorian walking with the the sun's behind him uh the newsstand cover for that one you have is the baby yoda looking over his shoulder and then the exclusive cover is the mandalorian riding on top of the blurg i believe is the name of the creature um then you have for empire strike's back cover you have the newsstand cover that is the classic uh cover that has all the characters has uh um, luke on a tauntaun you have uh, Han dipping Leia, you have Vader's helmet in the shadow background, you know the image. Um, then the exclusive cover they have is Vader, it's like from a downward shot looking up in Cloud City where Vader is reaching out to Luke, uh, who's out on the the beam there. And then the hard cover is also a, is a classic cover, if you can picture it, it's Vader standing there with two lightsabers crossed over his head holding him up high and then you have uh yoda uh, sitting there like his and vader's cape like flows down you have yoda sitting there and to uh, yoda's left is lando calrissian and then uh, you get r2d2 and c3po they're on the left side of the cover Um, and then on the left side of the cover behind vader's cape you have Luke on the Tauntaun, and you have, to the right of Vader's cape, you have Luke with Yoda on his back going through his training. It's just, it's a very cool copper. So, then from Viz Media, we have Legend of Zelda Twilight Princess Volume 7. I totally missed this. Um, I have to look to see where I'm at, because I think I only got up to Volume 5. Um, and I thought I was done like the twilight princess one. They've been carrying on for quite a while. It's been interesting. Uh, and it's the only manga thing a lot of times that I even get, um, there's been a star Wars one here and there, but, uh, for the most part i and they did do the transformers ones, uh, uh, in manga, but, but yeah, the legend of all the one, the twilight princess one's been going on for quite a while. Going into some of the toys here and collectibles. Um, they do have an Obi-Wan Kenobi from Gentle Giant uh, for 60 bucks. It's a one scale bust. Uh, it's Obi-Wan from the Clone Wars animated series. Uh, it just looked kind of cool. They do have coming soon a Darth Maul one in that style, a Thrawn one in that style, which that one I'm very interested in, uh, and then they have Anakin as well. So um, Then they have, uh, from Comic Book Heroes, they have a Stan Lee vinyl statue uh, where it's Stan Lee in a director's chair and that was really interesting because I have a Jim Henson Palisades figure in a director's chair and I was like ooh if I can get Stan Lee in a director's chair that's awesome Uh, man one could only hope that they would ever do a, a likeness of George Lucas in a director's chair then I'd have like these three guys that you know inspired me when it comes to being creative as a kid um, and being creative now, uh, and then Walt Disney. I don't know; if they have something with him in the director's chair. Like it, it'd just be cool to have them all sitting there. Like that—that that would be pretty awesome. So uh, I highly doubt they'll ever do Larry Hama in the director's chair, but those ones I could see them doing. So uh, then we have Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure six-inch action figures. Uh, two pack, it's like $29. Bucks. Uh, it seems like you get both figures, so it's not too bad for that. But they're based on the cartoon version. Uh, so if you remember the cartoon, uh, yeah, that's what they're based on. So, And then we have Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Super Size Raphael 1 fourth scale. It looks like the cartoon version. It's 1 fourth scale, so it's pretty big. Um, $143. Wow. Yeah. Those will never be in my collection. (laughs) Then we have Black Series uh, Snow Speeder. I've seen a lot of people getting this recently. Uh, It looks awesome. I don't have the room for it. That's the thing that's holding me back. It's just like, uh, it's also expensive as hell. But yeah, one of the big things also is that I just don't have the room for it. Um, But they've also done Black Series Probe Droid, which I do have that. Uh, It's pretty cool. And then we have the. Six-inch, five-inch figures that are on the anniversary card. So you have Yoda and uh, Hoth Leia, which those two would be the ones that I'm most interested in. You have Bespin Han, Bespin Luke. Uh, you have the uh, adapt driver, and then series two. You have the Hoth trooper, uh, which I don't think they've done the Hoth trooper yet before. Um, You have Lando, you have R2-D2 on Dagobah, so he's all muddy and stuff like that. Definitely would be interested in that one. You have Luke in his uh, Snowspeeder pilot uniform, and uh, I can't make out who the other one is. It looks like it's a TIE fighter pilot, so... Yeah, TIE pilot, so... um, then moving right along, there's a whole bunch of other Star Wars stuff. They they're doing a uh, vintage uh, three and three quarter scale um, Slave One vehicle. So, but that one's 150 bucks. Like I remember when, like nostalgia, like that the that vehicle was nowhere near that price. Like I so feel like they're inflating a lot of these vintage things because of the packaging and stuff, and they know people want it. Um, then we have Transformers Masterpiece Series. They're, they're actually doing a Beast Wars one, which is Tigatron, which I found that really interesting. It looks awesome. Uh, you guys heard Grub and I talk about how we did watch uh, Beast Wars. Really loved Beast Wars. Um, yeah, nowadays, if you watch it, the animation is, is clunky. But, man, when it came out, it was like we hadn't seen anything like that. So um, I still think it holds up pretty well. Um, I still really enjoy it, but... It is uh, pretty dated animation. Uh, then we have—I just found this humorous. So there's the Hobbit Holiday Hobbit. So the Hobbit Holiday Hobbit Hole statues. Um, so there are these statues of the Hobbit Hole. It's it's you know Bilbo Frodo's home uh, done for the holidays. So there's one that looks Christmassy. There's one that's done like Halloween, and they're like fifty bucks a piece. I'm like, for something I'm going to put out once a year, I, I don't I don't know. <laughs> then we have uh, Transformers Generations, War for Cybertron, Earthrise, Voyager figures. Uh, there's a Megatron there, and then there's also the Quintesson Judge, uh, which I would love one of the Quintesson Judges. I saw some people post photos of it. Um, there's Some photos may look very cheapy, plasticky, chintzy looking, and other ones make it look awesome, so... Um, I would love one just to put in with my Transformers, uh, display and stuff that I will be doing. <laughs> uh, then Weta workshop has some more realistic looking, uh, Lord of the Rings figures. I do have the ones that are more like, uh, the mini epics. Uh, so they're a little, little sillier looking a little bit more cartoonish. And I really like that. Uh, these are much more realistic looking ones. Uh, also much more expensive I think because of that if I remember right Uh, the one is Gandalf on uh, Gwahir and that is the bird the the giant eagle and that one would be the one that I would be like okay that's the one I'm interested in just because my other the mini epics I'm perfectly fine with those Um, but but yeah that him Gandalf on the giant eagle like that would be pretty awesome to have um, and then I, I'm curious about these. So here's what I'm curious. So they, there's these Nendroid figures. They are crazy expensive and I need someone to explain to me why, because they look like they're just little, like little chibi versions of characters that we know. So they've got like Spider-Man here, but he's $95 and I don't understand why he's $95. Like, is it just cause it's an import? is there something special about these figures? Like, are they ultra durable? Are you getting like a million different uh, accessories that you can like swap out heads? And, cause it looks like you can swap out heads. It looks like you can add webbing to his hand and stuff like that. Like, I want to know where is the value? Like, does anyone out there collect these Nendroid uh, or Nendoroid? Uh, I don't even know how to say it. It's Nendoroid. So N-E-N-D-O-R-O-I-D. Um, like, they've got a Harley Quinn. Like, they look cute. They look fine, but they're not, like, if they were $20, bucks, i would be like, oh, maybe I'll get one or two because they're, they're kind of cute, funny-looking things. Uh, 100 bucks? Hell no. No, not at all. Uh, the Harley Quinn one's 50, $55. I'm like, no. So I'm just curious if there's anyone out there that collects them, like, why you collect them. Like I'm not questioning. Like everyone collects things for the own reason. Obviously, you like them, but like, what about them do you like? Um, like I'm not trying to chastise you, so I don't mean to make it sound that way. But like, what about them makes you want to collect them? Uh, you know, what's the appeal for you? And then, why are they? Why are they that expensive? That's what I want to know. That's the big question. Why are they that expensive? Uh, the last thing I wanted to mention uh, in here is they do have the Ed uh, Two Hundred Nine. It's a One Eighteenth Scale figure, uh, so it's a bit smaller. Uh, but it, I love the fact that they did an at Two Hundred Nine figure, so that's just awesome. Oh, and then speaking of expensive, when the hell did artifact statues also become super expensive? They have a Stormtrooper here, and he's One Hundred Forty dollars. Um, and I don't think there's two of them. Even if there was two of them, that's a, a lot. But, yeah, artifact statues. I have, like, quite a few artifact statues, and they were nowhere near that price. Like, you can get artifact statues, the ones I have, that were, like, $30. Bucks. Um, maybe a little bit more, but, like, I have some of the DC character ones. They, they weren't very expensive. Um, and then I had like, the Boba Fett one. I think that one was a bit more expensive, but it, it wasn't $140 expensive. It was, like, maybe $50 or $60 expensive. Um, so, yeah, I don't know what happened with Artifacts all of a sudden. I don't know if it's just they became popular, so now the company's like, hey, we can charge a lot more. I don't know. Um, but that is everything. So what I thought would be a shorter episode is a shorter one compared to the last one. The last one was four, over four and a half hours. Um, this one is going to be getting close to two hours. It's about an hour, hour and a half, hour and 40 minutes. Um, so thanks for going through this with me. Uh, and uh, thanks for letting me commiserate on the negative news that I got today. Uh, but I'm not going to let keep me down. I've got so many things I want to do in my life and so many things to drive me uh, to move forward that uh, and you guys helped me do that too so I really really do appreciate it uh, I will be back with more previous catalogs uh, in a future episode but this one uh, this episode will probably cause I want to get the episode out that Eric and I did probably the next day or two as of this recording like I'm recording Wednesday night um, on was it the 9th I think is tonight uh, so it's Wednesday night on the 9th I'll probably get the recording that Eric and I did out on friday maybe um so that'll be out on the 11th and then you have um sun that sunday I'm, i as you would have heard from the episode with eric is that sunday i'm recording with some guys with they're doing a gi joe kickstarter uh we're supposed to record around eight o'clock and i want to get that episode out as quick as possible uh to give them as much time for their kickstarter as possible for people to respond to it so that should be fun. Uh, and then then this episode will probably come out sometime after that. So this one probably won't come out until mid... It's going to come out late September. So probably, even though I'm recording it on the 9th, it's probably going to come out like on the 20th or something like that. I just don't want to put too much against... The guys, uh, the Joe guys, Kickstarter episode. So I want to give enough time for people to li- get caught up and listen to that. But yeah, a lot of Star Joe stuff coming out. A lot of Star Joe stuff coming out. So uh, hopefully you guys like that. Uh, and I don't know if I'll be able to keep up this momentum through uh, you know multiple months in a row. But definitely want to try to get as much of this stuff out as I can. Uh, I would be willing to bet that I will record another one of these previews episodes before this episode actually comes out. So who knows, maybe, maybe this is gonna be another long episode. Maybe the, in a few seconds, you're going to hear me do another intro to the rest of the previews. Probably not though. I'm, I want to keep this one separate because this was the last of the stuff that came out before the pandemic shut everything down. Uh, and then the, well, the one was, and then the other one was what happened right when they thought everything was going to be opening back up again, or right when things were opening back up again. So, um, So I want to kind of get this one out first and then we can do a whole nother episode where maybe I get caught up on previews completely. Uh, We'll see. So with that, we'll go ahead and close the episode by saying the force will be with you because knowing us is half the battle. Take care, everyone.